things are and all things have become and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. And God is working something new in us. I want you to fashion yourself to get ready for it and to help us transition from where we have been to where we're going. You're going to love the word of the Lord today. Would you please stand on your feet and welcome Pastor Tiffany Johnson. Good morning. How are you? One of the best parts of my job is I get the opportunity to preach the word of God. Um, it really is um, uh, one of my favorite things to do. If you would, keep standing. If you would, raise your hands to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is the ruler of all things, the rock that is higher than all of us, the one who we hide in, the one who uh, risked himself and came and saved us. He is a good Lord. He is a great Father. He is high and lifted. Are you going to let me just bless him by myself? I, we, we worship you this morning. You are high and lifted up today. King of kings and Lord of lords. The only one, the only God who sent himself so that we could be saved. Oh God, we're thankful for you this morning. We worship you this morning. You are a great God. You are a good, good father. And we're grateful to be called your children. No other God like you. Father, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. And give us feet to walk. Hands to do your will. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you love them, clap your hands like you love them. But like you love them, love them though. That's all you love, that's it? Yep, y'all. It's good. I'm excited. You can have a seat. Um, I'm excited this morning because um, I get to be uh, the exclamation point on this sentence, Mom. Um, we've been talking about renovation and. Uh, when, when you're renovating something, that means that the, the structure is already there. And it's not necessarily the, the main things that are inside of the building that is being changed, but it's everything on the inside. And then, and, and, but you know what? On, on this, this type of reservation, I'm sorry, renovation is on inside and the outside. Uh, to me, I don't know if you watch a lot of reality TV. I don't know when things switched from being, um, uh, we, we know there, there was a big thing where you do, you, there were always shows at night and there were always, you know, they had the script and all that kind of stuff, but things kind of switched and, and now the big thing is reality TV, right? And then um, just having some friends in that world and producers and things and uh, I, I found out that, that a lot of them are scripted. Uh -huh. They're prompted to, to get a particular thing. Let me tell you how you know. Let me tell you a secret how you know. When, when they're talking about how they're going to um, um, surprise somebody by coming into their house, well, if you realize that the, the camera is already inside, 
It wasn't no surprise. Anyway, I um I kind of um I have a, a, a little bit of a, a, a guilty pleasure re- regarding um uh, reality TV. Uh, part of it is so that I am very clear about my opposing point of view. Um, in Timothy, it talks about always being ready for the for the the questions that people ask about my faith and about my Lord. And so I like to I like to be relevant. Um, not too much, so I'm addicted to it. But anyway, I'm talking to you because I I want to I want to remind you. Anybody watch uh, Extreme uh, Makeovers? There's two of them. The one of them is with the uh, the houses, right? Where they take some uh, very deserving family, take them away for a couple of weeks or a week, and uh, then they you know they completely renovate their home, and it's usually uh, move that. Move that bus, you know, right? Move that bus, and the whole community comes, and they change their homes and all that kind of stuff. What about? Does anybody watch Extreme Makeover Weight Loss ones? Anybody see it? Anybody don't want to watch that at all? Because <laughs> it, it's a picture of stuff that you probably should be doing yourself. Um, that's all right. We're gonna look at it today. I don't care. You know, I had to realize even this week. Um, and in my life, um, you the truth is important. Um, and the truth in love is even more important. But it is the most important thing when you compare it to being silent and allowing people to live however they want to live. Uh, the Lord brought the truth. And when, when you understand the truth, it sets you free. Now, how does that work? It's something that we hear all the time. The truth will set you free. When you understand who the truth is, then it frees you to behave like he is the truth. So today I just want to bring some truth to you. That ain't even what I got to talk to you about. It's just something that jumped on me real quick. Uh, the best part of a renovation, especially with um, the weight loss on, is what? The last part, the big reveal. Isn't that the best? When you get to see the results of all of the work that has been done. Really quickly, let's show this, uh, this big reveal. It's just a two or three minutes of one that I found or that one somebody helped me find, find this week. Check this out. Chris Powell, and for those of you who don't know me, I specialize in transformation. It was just over a year ago that I received a letter from a man here in Nashville, and his name was Dana. And it was it was one year ago today that I surprised him here at the YMCA, and he's on his way here right now. Yes. We know Dana. He is an amazing man and just such a kind heart. What he didn't want so many people to know is that he's lonely. And he used food to comfort himself. Throughout the course of the year, he faced a lot of struggles. But more than anything, it was Dana learning to love himself for the first time. And when that discovery happened, sure enough, Dana transformed. We found the real Dana. And I want to introduce you to him. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the real Dana.
the real Dana, and I want to introduce you to him. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the real Dana. first stepped on the scale you were 498 pounds and the last time I weighed you you were down 180 pounds from that what are you hoping for I hope to lose at least 200 pounds when was the last time that you weighed in the 200s sixth grade wow. Wow. you ready I'm ready are you guys ready Three pounds in a year. That's that's great. That's great. Amazing, huh? Uh, you know, mind if I break the the preaching protocol just a little bit? I can't stand this thing that separates me from you. What what are some of the things that you noticed about that whole thing? Not necessarily just about the weight, but what was done, how it was done, the people, how they responded. A couple of things that you recognized that happened in there. Uh, really quickly, if you would. We got to speak loud because even lights in my head and I'm in face, and so I need to, yeah. So do me a favor. Oh, there you go, John. He had a coach. He couldn't do it by himself. Absolutely, yes, sir. He had family support. Yes, very good. Yes, Tanya. He had to change. Very good. There was an urgency about it. Yes, Beverly. He had to learn discipline. Very good. He faced adversity. That's good. Yes, Pat? He had to learn to love himself. Very good, John. He had a goal in mind. I love that. So good. Yes, Carla? He wanted to change. Wow, this is so awesome. I love that. Denise, you saying something? He was surprised at what he could accomplish. He what? He did it quick. He didn't quit. He did not quit. Yes, mom. He had torn his ACL. 
That's what it was. I, I didn't let you see that before, but he had a torn ACL, so he could not actually, he had to work, find a figure out a way to, fit, to, to work it out. How long did it take him? Two years. Because the first guy worked with him for a year, and then the, he went away, and then 365 days later, he had, he had that. So it wasn't no, no, quick, no quick goal. It was two years, Dad. Isn't that good? Here's a question. When, when the Lord says, move that bus, when it's time for your life to step up on the scale, what is it that we will see? When it's time for, your, for, the, for the results of your life to be revealed to the world, for your family to finally see what the Lord has been doing in you over and over again, all of the work that you have done, the thing, the plates that you have pushed away, the men and, and, and the women that you have pushed away, the times you have woken up early in the morning, the prayers you, you have been on your prayer bones, the phone calls, the trips, the money that you have given and sown. When it's time for your life to step up on that scale, what will be revealed? Let's dream a little bit. Dreams are the language of the spirit. And if we're going to if we're going to attain something that the Lord has already predestined for our lives, what is it going to look like? What does it feel like? What was it that you that you did over and over again to accomplish that? Let's dream a little bit. If money is not an option, and you're only limited by your imagination. What is it that the Lord is going to do? Sometimes we, we sit back and we say, we want the Lord to do that. I can't stand sometimes to hear people, I'm going to be a millionaire. And I'm thinking, well, how are you going to do that? Because if you're late to your job or the class on Sundays, you turn around before you, tell, before you say a couple words to me. Then how are you going to be able to receive what it is that the Lord needs to give to you so that you can accomplish his will for your life? All right, I'm done talking. Get in groups of threes. Talk about it just for a couple of minutes. What does it look like when he reveals, when he pulls back the covers, when he reveals your life, what does it look like? Go ahead. Yeah, we're going to talk in church to each other. All right, look this way, look this way, look this way. I'm going to do you like to do you in, uh, in, in grade school. If you hear me clap one time, if you hear me clap two times, if you hear me clap three times. Very good, I love that. It's awesome. Really quickly, if you would, I know that you, there are so many things that you have, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to think in your mind of, of all that you just named, what is the emotion that comes up? How does it feel? How have you experienced this dream? So I want one word descriptions as to how it feels really quickly. You can't do them at the same time, so I got to acknowledge you. I 
can see you a little bit, so you raise your hand. Uh, what do you say? Excitement. I love it. Somebody else, how does it feel? Yes, ma'am. Liberating. I love it. Somebody else, tell me. What, what? Meaningful. I love that. Somebody else, tell me how it feels. Go, go ahead. I think I saw somebody. Mm, no? I ain't seen nobody. You just going like this? No? <laughs> how, does it, how does it feel? Yes, please. Freedom. What did you say? Joy. Absolutely. How does it feel? There's an urgency. I love that. Yes. How does it feel? Exhilarating. It's nothing like having an exhilarating life. That's such a good word. That's a good 10-cent word right there. I don't know if Paul knew what his life was going to be like when the Lord knocked him off of a horse with a light. But before chapter 9 of Acts finishes, we find him having received his sight again. He's baptized into the Holy Spirit, and then, and then he stays with the disciples for a few, the Bible says for a few days, and immediately he begins to preach the gospel. And he begins to wreck shop all around him, everywhere he went. Everybody that experienced him had changed because he had such an experience with Jesus. Sometimes I think we come to Jesus because it's urgent. So when we get that urgency done with and that pain is over, we tend to dip a little bit. Dip, shawty, dip. That kind of dipping. I think there's something to be said for those of us who have said yes over and over again, even when it's uncomfortable. Why? Because the end picture is what is, is, the, is, the, is the deal. Um, listening to a few people I've um, uh, self-investing in myself, and um, uh, this one of, one of my coaches, she said to me, she said, um, what you really should do is decide who you want to be. Or decide what the Lord's picture of your life is. But if you concentrate and say, yo, that's what he said. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to stay way long over there. So what you have to do is you have to come back and map out the steps to that destination. And then every day and every decision becomes a vote for or against who he says you're supposed to be. Every plate, every piece of candy, every hour of sleep, every time you turn on or log in to your Netflix, nah, every time you get in the car, every conversation that you have becomes a vote for or against who God says for you to be. Here's what I want you to understand. That the, 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 the call of God on your life is so great that it can only be held within the confines of your imagination right now. If you just take a moment and remember what God did for you, he will, up, he will change your life. By the time we get in, in chapter 17 of Acts, 
something was happening with, with Paul and his friends that I think, I think is indicative of what the Lord wants to do for us. Acts 17, I'm just going to read six chapters. Just going to concentrate, though, on verse 6. So just to give you a little bit of context, Acts 17, uh, 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 chapters, uh, verses 1 through 6. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis, Amphipolis and Apollonius, they came to Thessalonica, where there were synagogues of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went to them, and for three Sabbaths, that's three weeks, reasoned with them from the scripture, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. Verse 5, but the Jews who were not persuaded, they became haters. Becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. Verse 6. I want to skip, skip, read, I want to read this verse 6 in the New King James Version because I just like the way it says it in this, in this version, all right? Uh, Acts 17, 6 in the New King James Version, it says, uh, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and, the, and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. <laughs> These who have turned the world upside down are here too. I believe that we were created to turn the world upside down. Everything in the kingdom of God is backwards. I'm going to talk about in a moment because I got a list for you that I think you might like. Before I do that, I just want to look at that phrase. These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. These, when I see the word these, I see a few things. Number one, I see men. I am excited about this class that you have going, Dad. I'm sure the guys are excited about it too. It's, it's really, really awesome to see men gathering and um, not just listening to something, but uh, that something is brewing in the house of the Lord. And, you know, you w the church will never be at a short of women. Um, if you look at G even Jesus' ministry, women were still all around. But it's something special when men when men are following Jesus. There's something special about that. These are, are, are men first. I'm appreciative that you're taking your place at the head of the helm, at the, as the head of your household. I appreciate it. I love to see it. The wives, may not, it might feel a little interesting, but it's, it's supposed to be this way. And, and the Lord is changing our church by what he is doing with our men. If you love that, clap your hands. Is that good? 
When I see these, I also see that there are women, always going to be women who are saying yes to God. Um, um, in the last couple of years, they have said that it is the year of the woman. Even in business, black women, it is the biggest, the largest and fastest growing of conglomerate of a subculture is women in business. We were created to turn this world upside down. It was Cher Cheryl Betch Elder that said, Betch, not the other word, Betch Elder, that said that, that business is the new nation's leadership. I challenge thee to think about what you can start for the kingdom of God. What I see thee in these words, I see men, I see women. More importantly, I see us doing this together. Turn to someone, look at them square in the face, I can't do this without you. Turn to somebody else, I don't want to do this without you. It says, they that have turned. A turning, in other words, a turning is is. Uh, a move, uh, while we are moving, we are changing directions. That's what a turn is. In other words, just to look a, a particular way, it doesn't work. <laughs> you, we, we're going to have to swing, swing it around. And, and, and the thing is, it's a turn is done while you are moving. So you got to move and change directions at the same time. To turn, in this sense, means to stir up, to excite, to trouble, to make an uproar, to upset the mind of dissipating and lazy thinking, to drive home the point. That good? We're gonna, it's time for us to turn. Turn somebody say, it's time for us to turn. Trying to get through this really quickly. The world, we're not just talking about your home and your family and your life and your discipline and yourself. We're just talking about, we're talking about the world. Many times if you think about when Jesus talked about the world, he talked about the minds of men. He talked about the systems of a culture. This is talked about the place where you have dominion. The world is the, is the place that is around you. There shouldn't be a building, a room, a car that you enter in that people don't, that people don't recognize something different about you. I was getting in and out of an Uber yes, yesterday, and upon getting, upon, look, you know, on Uber they have now, you can have preferences. You can say, I want to have conversation or I don't. And you can say what type of music you want as well. Uh -huh. So I, I decided not to make the preference and let them play whatever they want to play, right? So uh, we get in the car, and before we could say anything, they're already switching the dials. Why? Because when we enter the car, something changes. And they need to be appropriate when I'm in the car because I don't want nothing damaging to my ears and my spirit. You understand? They noticed that something was different about these people, even when they're coming to pick us up from a gospel concert because everybody in Atlanta is a Christian. says, these who will turn the world upside down, everything in the kingdom is backwards. You say, in order to receive, you got to do what? Uh-huh. In order to reap, what you got to do? You got to, when someone smites you on the cheek, what you got to do? Some of y'all be like, I'm going to pop it with my left. My Uncle David used to say, I got baptized, but I left my left hand out.
This word upside down is the same as turn. That means change its direction that, so that it never, does not look the same. I was uh, scrolling to the t TV this week, and I saw this movie. It's, it's called Upside Down. And what it was is a, 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 um, a world that was at the same time hap happening upside down as ours. So it was everybody was this way, and there was also people that were this way, and none of them could cross each other's threshold. In fact, when they came, when they came down to our threshold, their clothes would fall back the other way because they, you're designed for that particular. And so I'm going to look at it, see if I can, I love that, see if you can save, uh, get something from it. Anyway, upside down. Here's the challenge. We got too much down in our lives, in our culture, in, in, every, in every place. But, uh, excuse me, I think that you were created to turn this world upside down. Now for what I really want to tell you, I can do this really, really quickly. Um, call uh, five non-negotiable characteristics of those who are supposed to turn the world upside down. Really simple. Five non-negotiable characteristics for those who are called to turn the world upside down. Number one, we must be uncompromising about two things. And I think these things are so important because uh, everybody worships God. Uh, I, I hate to bring him up, but I kind of love what he said. I don't know if you've seen the, the viral video uh, with Kanye with Kanye at the, at the church a couple weeks ago. Did, did anybody listen, listen far down enough to what he said? We was talking about how God changed his life, and then he said, stop, let me be specific. Jesus was the one that changed his life. Now, I hope all of that is true. Here's my point. If you are not uncompromising about the Lord Jesus Christ, then you ain't going to be able to turn no, nothing nowhere. We must be uncompromising about Jesus. In Matthew 16, 13 through 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he talks to them, he's asking questions. Who do they say, I'm at? Who do they say I am? And Peter, something rose up on the inside of him, and he said, you are the Christ. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood has, blood has not revealed this to you. And it was that moment that Jesus, it was a demarcation of who Peter was going to be throughout the church. And now to this day, the Catholic Church calls the Pope Peter because the Jesus set the church's responsibility on him. Now, Peter's no longer here, and we can't do anything about that. But I want you to have the same conviction that Peter had about who Jesus is. Very important. Second thing you must be uncompromising about is about sin. This is still number one, uncompromising about sin. John, 1 John 3, 4 talks about the breaking of God's laws. Here's three things I want you to see that sin is. Number one, it's missing the mark. The actual language comes from archery. When they let it go and they, the, 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 uh, the, the, what you call them, the arrow, thank you, hits the, um, it's those small words that get me. The big ones, all right, it's the little ones. Uh, that when the arrow hits outside of the, of the bullseye, they call it sin. I don't know if you ever watched uh, 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 Olympics, but you'll hear them say sin just like that if they miss. Uh-huh. Uh, second thing sin is it's displeasing to God so you know what that, that, <laughs> I think sometimes we try to name is smoking screwing hanging with those that do and if we ain't if it ain't in the list then we do everything except right we, we, we like to ride on what's not said 
right? But if I say sin is just being displeasing to God, then some of y'all need to drink more water. Uh-huh. And some of y'all need to go to bed a little earlier. Uh-huh. And some of y'all need to turn off the TV. Uh-huh. And some of y'all need to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all need to spend a little bit more time in the word of God. Some of y'all need to make sure that you make those phone calls. You know what I mean? Sin, here's, here's this. I love this. this is, well, I heard this a couple of years ago. Sin is anything that slows or sabotages God's purpose for my life. Sin is anything that slows or sabotages God's purpose for my life. I'm going somewhere. Number two is we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, it says, but you will, be, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be, be my witness, telling people about everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, you are not going to be able to pick this world and turn it upside down with your own strength. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to want to stand right here for a moment. I think today we might want to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you got things that you need to face outside these four walls. And you have, and some of you, I think for you, some of you, you need Titus 3, 5, 3, 8. It says, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my, um, no, 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 I was, uh, Dang it, 3.5 three, talks about being refilled with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes um, uh, sometimes it's, it's that you're, you're half full. I was listening to, to, to somebody, and they were saying, some people are sp- spiritually obese. As you're doing all this, he can Messiah, and, and you ain't doing nothing with it. And others are spiritually anorexic. You feel like you're a little heavier than you really are. Either way, if we're going to turn this world upside down, and when the Lord uncovers everything that he wants to have been, have completed in your life, you need to look exactly like he says it. And maybe that's why he hasn't done it yet, because we're in the middle of this renovation, changing our lives. Next thing, we must be focused. We must be focused. Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained it or am, I, or I am already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I love that statement. He, he, it was like he was a poet in those words. Like I don't know if anybody just with a regular brain could have came up with that statement. I lay hold of that for which Christ, Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brother, I do not count myself to have a, a, apprehended it, but one thing I do. How many? One thing. I could be guilty of doing 16 things at one time. I promise you. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty of it a lot, especially, especially if you're a woman. You can, wear, you can wear five hats at one time. I seen my mama drive a stick, feed the baby, talk on the phone, and pop one of us, boom, just like that. Taxi, grocery store, disciplinarian, I mean, all at the same time. Paul says, this one thing I do, 
we must be focused on what God has created us to do. I think what focus does, when, it, when your focus is divided, you don't get anything done, or you get less done in a in, in much slower time. But if your focus is divided, it's difficult to, to do what God is asking us to do. We must be, we must be focused. We must be focused on the right thing. Because sometimes we focus so much on our devotions, and you make sure you do it, but then you, when you walk out of your devotions, you leave the Lord in the closet. And when you get in the car, you know who, who done took over then. Sometimes we, have, we are focused on money. That will get you dissatisfaction and weariness and probably a little loneliness as well. We, are, we have been focused on our comfort. If it makes us uncomfortable, then we don't want to have anything to do with it. We have, been, we have been focused on fame, sex, drugs, alcohol, relationships, uh, substances that calm you down. I ain't smoking weed. I'm just, uh, I just got a vape. You don't like me to say that? Okay. But if we're going to turn the world upside down, then we better be focused on what God has created for us to do. Paul said, I am focused on that for which I was attained by God here's a question are you are you accomplishing that and what are the steps that you need to make in order to do that next thing we might do is we have to have true obedience true obedience so many things we can talk about obedience but I want to go to first Samuel 15 22 Samuel talking to uh, Samuel he said Samuel uh, said has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience, or as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination. Did you know that rebellion is like witchcraft? Is that what the book said? And insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have because you have rejected the word of God and he has also rejected you from being king my God help me Lord help me Lord help me Lord because we are we are very quick to talk about what we do what we what we what we have sacrificed but we are not as quick to talk about the things that the Lord has asked us to do skip down we talk about this. You heard somebody saying doing the most and something bad about doing the most. Here's a, but check this out. I, 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 it bugs me when people say, I was angry, but at least I didn't curse. I was late, but at least I came. You better be glad that I didn't cuss you out. I wanted to slap you. I didn't participate in CG, but at least I went. I didn't pray, but at least I read the Bible. I didn't tell the whole truth, but at least I didn't lie. So concentrated on the least. But if you have the DNA of Christ, you need to switch that thing from doing the least to doing the most. To exacerbating your energy, your life, your love, your relationship, your time, your money to pleasing the Lord. 
both privately and publicly, if you're going to be qualified to turn the world upside down. We've got to have true obedience. It's not about what you're sacrificing. It's about what he asked us to do. If we listen to, if we listen to Samuel, we will see that it's the least thing all, all Saul did was he didn't kill everybody. He thought he was doing, it's doing somebody a favor maybe. I don't know what was going through his mind. But it was that one thing that, had, that got him uh, disqualified from being king. Here's the challenge. What the Lord wants for his kingdom's sake is what's most important. And I promise you, for every Saul, there's a David waiting in the wings. So go ahead and talk about what you what you're least want to do. Go ahead, go do that. It's okay. Just know there's somebody that's waiting to do the most because God's will will be done. We have a choice to participate in it or not. We need boldness. Boldness is a willingness to take risks. It's to act innovatively. It's confidence and courage. You can't have courage if, 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 if there's no fear. If there's not something that's there to be afraid of, something that could hurt you, something that could harm you, then there's no need to have courage. It's a reason why, G, why, the, why the Lord told jo, uh, Joshua, be, be of good courage. Three times he told, hold on, don't be scared, because we got to go after it. It's giants over there. You look like grasshoppers in your own sight. There are whole jurisdictions. You concerned about your household, but it's something in the in the culture that your life was meant to transform, to turn upside down. So we have to be bold. The quality of having strength and vivid, clear appearance. It is not hesitating or being fearful in the face of actual or possible danger. We need the Holy Spirit to complete this assignment. Fear is a sign that you need a deeper dose of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus and his love. Anybody that's scared, you just need a little bit of his love. Because if you understand that he loves you so much that he's not willing to share you with anyone, He wants you to be wholly his. H, uh, not H-O-ly his. But W-H-O-L-E, holy, O-L-L-Y, holy his. I need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Boldness, true obedience, focus, filled with the Holy Spirit, non-uncompromising regarding who Jesus is, and what sin really is, if we are called to turn this world upside down, my God, what does your life look like? If this is, if this is, is not upside down, my God, what is it going to be like? When those things actually change, when that relationship, when that relationship becomes amiable, when, 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 when that, when that uh, deal is, is signed, when, 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 when that opportunity shows up, when that phone call comes through the line, when that text message says exactly what you needed to say, when that prayer is answered, you better be ready. Because if your infrastructure of your business cannot handle 100,000 orders, then maybe you ought to change some things. You understand? 
Because we are created to turn the world upside down. One thing I think is most important in all of these, and that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Last week we took uh, communion. We took communion over, over uh, finishing this work that God has started in our lives. And it's one thing to, to talk to Jesus and allow him to come into your heart because of his death and his resurrection. Let's go, go on to the other side of the resurrection. And after they found him and for 40 days he kind of roamed the earth and at the end of his time it came, it came time for him to go and to be with his father. But while he was ascending, I kind of, I don't, I don't know why, but I kind of felt like he didn't ascend like the slow, like the, like the, uh, like the movies do. You know, just, just, you know, you just see his feet lift up, whoosh, you know, the little wind came out of his robe and then he's, for some reason I kind of see him like, like I thought, I see it like a rocket. And they the Bible says they watched him ascend. I bet you it was glorious. I wouldn't wonder what that ride was like. Anyway, before he went, he said, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. If his work would have been done in that moment, then the whole world would be done. If his work was done, if, the, if at that moment Jesus was absolutely done, then we wouldn't still be here. There was something that he created for us to accomplish, and we can't do it. If we're, not, if we're not focused on these things. But in order for us to do those things, these things, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of us have, have, have the Holy Spirit, but we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. That makes sense to you? That we got halfway, bubbling, bubbling up like just to the belly, right? But we need to be completely filled, overwhelmed with the power of the Holy Spirit because some of you got some scary things that you've got to, to face. Some of you got some powerful things that you need to accomplish. And I believe in you. I believe that the talents and the gifts and the skills that God has placed into your life are exactly what you need to accomplish it. But all of that still ain't going to get it done if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe if you're in this house and you're called to this pastor and this local body, then you were created to turn the world upside down. And I'm also convinced that we can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit. We must be consumed by him. The Bible talks about being baptized as in completely submerged by God. Having his power so that when we pray, things happen. Today is a new day. Like in Titus 3, 5, we're going to, some of us need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. And I know what it is. You're working at it. You're doing what you need to do. You're kind, of, you're kind of fighting on your own. And things are coming at you. And it's been overwhelming. And, you, and you've been trying to do it on your own. And maybe you call a couple of your homies, but you still need a little help. You know what I mean? You text them and they don't respond. And you call and they don't, and they don't pick up, right? So you need something else. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is what we need if we're going to accomplish God's purpose for our lives. Today is your day. Raise your faith, people of God. Today is your day. Today is your day that you receive everything you need so that when he reveals you, when he says, move that bus, and you step up on that scale, that you will not be found wanting, but you will be as heavy as you're supposed to be. Have every bit of the weight in the spirit that you need to execute his will within the garden that he has given you. 
if that's you today, you need a boost. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to have a badge, that's authority. But then you see officers with that, with that gun, right? So this is, the, this is the right to use it. This is the, the execution of that power, right? We need the power of God so that when we, when we leave this building, we wake up on Monday morning, and when we execute, things fall into place. We can now declare what God has, has said for us and, and, and apply the power of his blood, and things will begin to change for us because it's time for this renovation to be done. It's time for the big reveal. I'm done talking. Those of you who need a boost, that push to be refilled and or filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, come meet me down here today. Go ahead.